I want to introduce you to uh, two people. I try to pick names that won't clash with any here and overlaps. You get the wrong idea, and I think I don't, don't think there's a problem. Uh, but Josiah, he went forward at an evangelistic meeting ten years ago. Uh, was welcomed into the kingdom of God, assured he was a child of God, and on his way out to heaven. He hasn't been to church for nine and a half years. He doesn't read his Bible. He doesn't pray except in some crisis or emergency, but he's never forgotten the words of the counsellor, you are a child of God, let no one ever persuade you otherwise. And then there's Marvin. He was raised in a Christian home. In his teens, he came under conviction of sin. He cried out to the Lord for mercy, gave every evidence of a true work of grace. He's a faithful member of his church. He's a deacon in his church. Uh, he's a godly husband and father, great encouragement uh, to his pastor, uh, exemplary Christian, uh, but he has no assurance. So we've got one man with assurance of salvation, but no evidence in his life of any change of heart or work of grace uh, in his heart. Uh, we have another who has no assurance, while his life points clearly uh, to a wonderful work of grace transforming him. Such people are not uncommon. There's quite a lot like Josiah. I've certainly met them, visiting door to door. Different churches have uh, been in, and it's quite a common thing to, to find that. There are not a few like Marvin, particularly in certain sectors of the Christian church, and some of you will know that, some of our Dutch brothers, the different groups there uh, who Many of them show every evidence of being children of God, but they have no assurance. In fact, they're taught that to have assurance is presumptuous. Well, let's examine this question of assurance. And by assurance, I mean that confidence that we are in a state of grace, that assurance that God has transformed us uh, by his power, made us his children, uh, given us new hearts, given us his spirit, and that when we die, we shall go to heaven. And my first point is really a question. Can a believer know for certain that he or she is a Christian? Can we have assurance that our sins are forgiven and that we are on our way to heaven? Historically, the pendulum has uh, swung uh, backwards and forwards, uh, Church of Rome, of course, have taken the position that uh, the Council of Trent made the statement that assurance is a vain and ungodly confidence. Some of the early reformers uh, seemed to take the position that assurance was of the essence of faith. In other words, if you had genuine faith, you would have assurance. And you can find statements in both Luther and Calvin to that effect, although later on they seem to modify their, uh, their views. Uh, but uh, there have been a variety of uh, views historically. Well, what does the Bible 
teach us? Well, I think the Bible says certainly that assurance is possible. John writes, 1 John 3.14, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. There's evidence there, that love amongst the brothers, the indication that we passed from death to life. Uh, we are Christians, and we certainly uh, see that with different people. Paul, I know whom I have believed, and persuaded is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Job, Job 19, uh, I know that my Redeemer lives. Uh, in the last day, he'll stand on the earth. I shall see him with my own eyes. Um, so I think we can see that, that uh, assurance certainly is possible and many people have had assurance. More than that, secondly, uh, assurance is desirable. Again, in John's first epistle, he says in chapter 5, verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. Clearly, John wants his uh, readers uh, to have that assurance of salvation, to know that they have eternal uh, life. However, and say, I think, with confidence that assurance is not essential for salvation. You can compare that to the medical field to some degree. There are some people, and you've met them, I'm sure, uh, convinced they have all kinds of medical problems, but all the tests and examinations there uh, show really there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but they have that uh, doubt about their uh, health. And some great saints have had problems with assurance. Uh, despite Job's great statement in chapter 19, he says also in chapter 30, uh, verse 20, I cry to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. You've turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind. You make me ride on it. You toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know you will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living. Uh, and you can see some of David's uh, statements in a number of psalms when he seems to have his doubts and uh, gets in uh, deep despair there, uh, not having any sense of uh, God's pleasure uh, being shown uh, toward him. In history, there have been people who have struggled. William Cooper, the uh, poet and hymn writer, uh, struggled greatly with assurance and as he got older it seems he got worse it seems there was a, a mental uh, condition there every evidence shows he was a, a fine Christian a godly man but uh, he had no uh, assurance Bunyan got it right uh, just about all of these things you can find how Bunyan supported uh, the truth in the first part of Christian uh, Pilgrim's Progress, uh, you might get the impression, well, you've got to be a strong, brave man, a fighter to deal with the devil and uh, giants and so on. Uh, and uh, you look at that and say, well, I'm not quite up to the character and the, uh, the uh, strength of these people. But in the second part of Pilgrim's Progress, the part dealing with uh, Christiana, uh, 
Bunyan introduces a number of interesting characters like Mr. Despondency, Mrs. Much Afraid, Mr. Fearing. Uh, and it seems that Bunyan had that recognition uh, that there are Christians who struggle. Uh, there are those who uh, lack assurance, those who uh, go through great difficulties and uh, they look down rather than uh, up. So you see the uh, pastoral brilliance of, uh, of Bunyan. And which of us at times have not doubted our salvation, have serious doubts where we really are a child of God? I don't suppose anyone here tonight has never had uh, moments of doubt uh, I'm sure all of us uh, have. So while assurance is uh, possible, it's desirable, uh, it's not essential for salvation. Secondly, let's note the, the ground or the basis for assurance. There are many factors we could deal, but I want to reduce it to three, all found in the, the, the passage we read in Romans 5. Uh, and if you want a fuller treatment of this, I would recommend you get uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' uh, commentary or really sermons uh, on this portion of uh, Romans 5 when he deals with this very extensively, the whole question uh, of uh, assurance. But there are three things we find here. First of all, the, the promises of God in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, we're justified. We're justified. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we must rest upon what God says, not what we feel. That's one of the problems we have, isn't it? We, uh, we feel uh, doubts about our salvation. We feel that things aren't as they ought to be uh, with us. And we rest on that rather than what God says has happened. Many verses we could look at. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. John 5.24, uh, he that hears my word, said Jesus, believes on him that sent me, has eternal life, uh, shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. And then Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need to rest upon the promises of God, not on our feelings. Feelings are not reliable. Uh, feelings might be good one day, but they may be totally uh, unreliable. We must not rely uh, on such things. There's also the danger of emotionalism. Get that certainly with mass evangelism. People carried away with their... Uh, feelings, uh, uh, this is wonderful experience, but uh, the next day it might be very uh, different what they uh, feel. Uh, but the promises of God are the first ground of assurance. The second is holiness of life, godliness. You see that in verse 3, and not only this, uh, rejoicing in the glory of God, but we rejoice in our sufferings, not simply because we're masochists, but uh, we know that uh, suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. There is that work in us to make us uh, more holy, more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Holiness is so vital in terms of assurance. Uh, 
And if you want to ask, well, uh, how vital uh, is that? How important is holiness of life? Turn you to Matthew 7.21, near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then will I declare to them, said Jesus, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So we see holiness is important as a ground of assurance. A person not living uh, a life of ongoing obedience to the Lord has no right to assurance. We could point out some other scriptures from 1 John. If we say we have fellowship with him, or we walk in darkness, we lie. Do not practice the truth. By this we know we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. So you see, uh, holiness is not just uh, that which is suggested as a good route for us. It's absolutely essential that we walk in holiness. I say a person who is not living a life of obedience to the Lord has no right to assurance. And that, in a sense, is a safeguard. Because if we backslide, whether it's gradual backsliding or fall suddenly into sin, we lose our assurance. Uh, and that really becomes a means of grace to, to awaken us. Uh, if we fell into sin and uh, nothing happened, we still have that assurance. And I suppose we can deaden our conscience that that might happen. But generally speaking, uh, when people fall into sin, when they get uh, slack in their lives, uh, we lose assurance, don't we? We know we're not close to the Lord and we lose that sense of assurance, uh, which is good. I say it's a means of grace. If we lose assurance, uh, the Lord uses that to, uh, to wake us up. The third ground of assurance is the witness of the Spirit. Uh, and this is a little difficult to uh, deal with, to describe, to expound. Uh, verse 5 here in this uh, chapter, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And we might uh, note also uh, Romans uh, 8, uh, 12 to 16. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption of sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. There is that witness of the Spirit. Uh, I say it's a subjective thing. It's inward, perhaps hard to uh, describe. 
Uh, Lloyd-Jones in his uh, commentary on Romans 5, he is quoting here from John Preston. And he says, You will say, what is the seal or witness of the Spirit? My beloved is a thing that we cannot express. It is a certain divine expression of light, a certain inexpressible assurance that we are sons of God, a certain secret manifestation that God has received us and put away our sins. I say it is such a thing that no man knows, but they that have it. So it is hard to define, uh, to, to break down, to describe uh, accurately, but as he says, uh, those that have that witness, uh, they know it. And these three things uh, go uh, together. And it's important that they go together. Uh, it's like a three-legged stool with a leg missing. Have you ever tried to sit on a three-legged stool with one leg missing? Uh, Jeremy's got a tripod back there. Take away one of those legs, it's pretty hard to uh, control the uh, support the camera, uh, wouldn't it? We need all three of these things to really contribute to our assurance. If we're not trusting in the promises of God, we won't have the witness of the Spirit. If we're not walking in holiness, we won't have the witness of the Spirit. Without that witness, we won't be trusting God's promises. And without his promises, obedience becomes legalistic. So there's the ground of assurance, the promises of God, holiness of life, and the witness of the Spirit. Thirdly, let's ask, why do people often lack assurance? Uh, Some never have assurance, perhaps a few. I've known some that never seem to have uh, assurance. Most of us go through periods uh, when we have difficulty with assurance. And I wouldn't doubt that there are some here tonight that struggle with assurance. Maybe at this time you're struggling with assurance. You don't have that confidence that you are a child of God. Or what are some of the reasons? I think the first is temperament. God has given us certain personalities and there are some who are always optimistic, sanguine, always looking on the bright side. And for such people, uh, perhaps assurance is not a difficult thing. They read the promises, they rejoice in them. Uh, there may be a danger uh, with that. You can just rely on the personality. Uh, but uh, no doubt uh, there are some who have that. Others are melancholy. Uh, they're always gloomy, always looking on the, the dark side of things, and they really struggle uh, with assurance. Now, that's not the entire picture, but if you uh, struggle particularly with one balance, one side extreme uh, of a personality there, whether it's sanguine or melancholy, uh, then perhaps you need to work on that and uh, pray for help. Uh, meditate upon uh, God's promises if you're uh, melancholy, but uh, certainly temperament can have some effect. Then again, background can have an effect. You uh, mentioned some uh, sectors of the Christian church uh, where they're told regularly that presumption, uh, assurance is, is presumptuous and it's not surprising that they uh, grow up uh, lacking assurance and uh, certainly met uh, such people, a number of them, uh, that really lack assurance largely because of their background. It can take a long time 
uh, to convince them of assurance, to bring them to that place where they are resting in the promises of God and have that assurance of salvation. A third reason, people may not be converted. Lack of assurance doesn't necessarily mean that, but it might. So if there's a lack of assurance on an ongoing basis, uh, we need to search our hearts, don't we? Do we have the evidence in our lives that we really are children of God? Uh, Examine yourself, whether you're in the faith. Uh, Ask yourself, do I have reasons to believe that I'm a child of God? And I would ask two questions. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation? I've dealt with people and said, are you trusting in the Lord Jesus? Oh, yes. Well, then you have an assurance of going to heaven. Oh, I'm not sure I'm good enough. Uh, so there's a mixture there, isn't there? Trust and uh, faith in their works. Uh, there we must trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. And I often ask the question, if you stood before God and he asked you, why shall I let you into heaven? What would you say? Well, some of them fairly recently uh, about that, and the response was, well, I've been to church, I've been a, a consistent, uh, uh, decent person, and uh, try to point out they were trusting in works, not in grace, and by God's grace they came to see it and turned uh, to the Lord. But it's a good question to ask, uh, what are we relying on to get into heaven? Uh, is it our good works? Is it our church going Uh, Or is it solely our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in his finished work at Calvary? And then the second question would ask is, is there evidence in your life that you're a true child of God? Are there spiritual appetites, real desire for the things of God, a love for the word, desire to meet with God's people when they uh, pray? Uh, we must recognize that faith without works is dead. James is very clear on that. That kind of faith uh, that uh, whatever it believes in, but if it doesn't have works, godliness to go with it, it's dead. It's not a genuine faith. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Those who have assurance without holiness are deceived. They're in deadly peril. We need to face up to that. If we lack assurance, it's possible that we're not truly uh, converted. It's interesting in the New Testament that very few were given assurance. Now, Jesus did say to two or three, your sins are forgiven. He said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come uh, to your house Uh, but I don't believe we ever find the apostles giving assurance because they let God bring that assurance. There's a a danger of pressing assurance, as we saw with uh, Josiah. It was pressed upon him. You're a child of God. You're in the kingdom of God. Let no one ever persuade you otherwise. Uh, It may take a while for the Lord to impress upon their hearts that they are children of God. So there's... Uh, really a lack, apart from Jesus, uh, a lack of people pressing assurance uh, in the New Testament. Another reason why people lack assurance 
they may be relying on holiness too much. And I think we can probably relate to that. Uh, let's take Jenny. No, Jenny's here either. Jenny uh, has a good night's sleep, wakes up bright and early, has a delightful time of fellowship with the Lord, seeking his face, reading his words, spending time in prayer. Uh, she goes off to work, uh, has a good day there. Her boss commends her for her excellent work. Uh, she has a wonderful opportunity at lunchtime to witness to a colleague. In the evening, she visits an elderly lady and uh, offers to read the Bible with her. And the other lady in the room says, can I listen to? Uh, and she goes home and just rejoices in God's goodness, the blessings of being a child of God. Let's see Jenny a week later. She has a terrible night. She has a headache most of the night. Uh, she falls asleep when she should be getting up and she doesn't have time for either devotions or breakfast. Uh, she dashes off to work. She gets a speeding ticket. Uh, she doesn't do her job very well. Her boss rebukes her for a big mistake she made. Uh, she has a row with a person that she witnessed to the previous week. And when she goes to bed, she just feels that she cannot be a child of God. She's lost all assurance uh, resting upon uh, behavior. And I think we all can identify with that. Have a good day and we're just praising God for his goodness, but we have a bad day and maybe we got <laughs> full of doubts uh, there. So it is possible. We're not excusing sin, uh, but it's possible that we rest our assurance on our behavior, whether we have a good day or a bad day. But if we look at our behavior as our sole basis for assurance, then life will be a, a roller coaster. We do have to lay hold of the promises of God. He means what he says. And again, if we confess we're forgiven, if we believe we have eternal life, if we call, we are saved. These are God's promises. And we need to look to these, to look to Christ for our salvation and assurance. And again, come back to Bunyan. Uh, remember the uh, occasion when they were uh, walking along and the path seemed to get a bit rough and they looked over the uh, hedge there and things seemed to be a lot smoother the other side. So they climb over the stile to bypass meadow and go along and uh, things get difficult. The storm comes. Uh, they're just caught out in the open there with a storm. Uh, and the next morning they're found by giant despair and imprisoned in Doubting Castle. And that was a pretty terrible time, wasn't it? Beaten day after day, threatened uh, with worse, told to take their own lives, uh, and they're just full of despair. Uh, Christian's almost ready to take his own life. Hopeful who uh, persuades him, no, you mustn't done it. The Lord has been with you, and you've faced all kinds of enemies and come through it. And then suddenly... Christian says, what a fool I am. I've got a key in my pocket that will open any door in Doubting Castle. And he pulls it out. The key, of course, is promise. And uh, they're able to get out of Doubting Castle and away from giant uh, despair. The promises of God are what take us out of that situation of doubt from Doubting Castle and away from giant uh, despair. Promises of God are very precious to us. And then a fifth reason for lack of assurance. Perhaps we're not walking close to the Lord. Uh, 
Maybe worldliness has come in and dominates our lives in some area, areas of sin are not dealt with, not properly confessed, uh, relationships that aren't helpful, maybe a hobby or activity that's not uh, very uh, helpful to us, hinders us in our lives. Got slack with Bible reading and prayer, uh, very casual. Uh, meetings not regularly attended and uh, we get a cold heart. It's not surprising. But in that condition, we lose assurance. And again, I say it's good, it's a safeguard, uh, but there's a warning too. We need to put things right. Uh, we should not think of carrying on in that uh, condition. We need to make our calling and election sure. We're walking a dangerous path, endangering the soul. So we must make sure we continue walking with the Lord. And then discouragement. Various forms can uh, cause us to lose assurance, uh, no fruit. Uh, perhaps through the preaching or teaching of the word, we don't see fruit, don't see conversion. Prayers don't seem to be uh, answered and uh, how easily uh, we can lose assurance. Well, fourthly, last main point, the benefits of assurance. We can go to heaven without assurance, but we're missing out on many blessings in the Christian life. First of all, assurance will make us joyful Christians. One who doubts can still praise God for the work of Christ and his salvation, but not with that ring of confidence. But we have that assurance of salvation and God's blessings to us. Uh, our joy should overflow. Uh, assurance should overflow. We should just uh, thank God uh, that we're able uh, to be his children, uh, able to uh, serve him, and we should be filled with joy uh, and, and confidence. Next year, of course, is Olympic year. Think of the joy of those who win gold medals. But how much greater should our joy be to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that we have eternal life, to know that we're bound for heaven. That should surely fill us with great joy. Also brings comfort and peace to know that we're right with God, to know there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's true whatever the circumstances and we get a number of examples in Scripture. I think Paul in prison, he's learned to be content whatever his state, uh, whether he's in jail, whether he's free. Uh, he's content because he knows the Lord has put him there. He has that comfort, that peace. And the apostles, when they were beaten uh, for their declaration of Christ, and we read they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name. Uh, without assurance, we could well be fearful of any danger. Just imagine if you were living in Gaza at the moment, uh, there, how awful the prospects uh, would be. And yet, if you knew you were a child of God, you could face those things. You could handle that uh, situation. And if we leave here tonight with... No salvation, no uh, assurance of salvation. Uh, what would happen if we're killed in an accident? Would we have that 
confidence that whatever happens to us, we're okay. Uh, no, our salvation doesn't depend on assurance, but our sense of peace and well-being depends on assurance. And then thirdly, assurance makes us more effective in God's service. One who is sure of salvation will serve God with more diligence and confidence than those that don't have assurance. And Ryle, in his book on holiness, has an excellent chapter on assurance, and he uh, gives the example of a, going back a, well over a hundred years, uh, uh, those that were given the opportunity of going to uh, Australia or New Zealand uh, and given land. <clears throat> Just given the land, given the title deed there, and he gives the illustration of two men. One moves on to his land, uh, he builds a house, he starts working diligently, uh, plowing the fields, clearing whatever needs to be uh, cleared and uh, goes steadily ahead. Well, the other man, he keeps having doubts. Uh, do I really have a title deed to this land? Is this a, a valid deed? Is it genuine? And he's constantly back to the state capital to uh, check on uh, the validity of his uh, title deeds. And uh, Ryle asked the question, well, who's going to be more productive in the end? Well, obviously the man that has that confidence. He does have the title uh, to his land. It is his, uh, given to him freely, and uh, so he works it and goes ahead. Uh, and that's true of us. If we have that assurance, we'll serve the Lord with diligence. Uh, we can witness more boldly. We have that assurance that we're children of God, and so we can... Bring the gospel to others. If we lack assurance ourselves, uh, how vital, how uh, effective is our witness going to be uh, to others? So, assurance brings joy, comfort and peace, helps our service, but also it promotes holiness. Now, Church of Rome says assurance tends to carelessness and sloth. Uh, but their motivation, as we might say with all our minions, uh, is fear. Uh, they fear that if they don't uh, keep on and make the grade there, they'll lose their salvation. Uh, we have that assurance that that will not happen. Uh, the only motivation that produces true holiness is love and gratitude. As we look to Calvary, we see our Saviour bleeding and dying for our salvation. Surely our hearts are moved to please him. We want to please him. That's gospel obedience, evangelical obedience, not legal obedience. We want to please and serve the Lord Jesus because of all he's done for us, the wonderful love he's demonstrated uh, to us. Well, are we assured of salvation? You can ask that question. Do we have the marks of a true work of grace? Are we trusting in his promises? Are we by God's grace walking in holiness, seeking to please uh, the Lord? Do we know that witness of the Spirit? Now we need to be honest. No point in trying to kid ourselves uh, if we have to face up to the fact we don't have these marks, uh, we need to face the fact. And if you've come to that conclusion, well, that's good because you can take the steps 
to put things right, to seek the Lord and to draw uh, near to him. So confess your sins. Call upon the Lord. Submit your life to him. And if those marks are there already, accept it. Rejoice that we're forgiven, we're cleansed from our sins, we're adopted into God's family. What a blessed people we are. Uh, How we should indeed rejoice in salvation and the assurance that God gives to us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, what a marvelous thing that we can know that we are children of God. We can have that confidence that our sins are forgiven, that we're on our way to heaven, whatever might happen to us, even today, tomorrow, uh, we know if our lives are taken, we will be with the Lord in glory forevermore. What a wonderful blessing that is. What a wonderful confidence we can have. It's all of your grace, Father. So we do pray for any here tonight that might be lacking in assurance for a variety of reasons. You would grant them to search their hearts, to make sure they're in a right relationship uh, with yourself. Any listening uh, to might uh, face up to these things and really seek to put themselves in a right relationship uh, with you. Father, we thank you for the blessings that are ours in Christ. And we pray indeed we will rejoice in them and uh, walk forward in uh, assurance and that delight uh, to serve you, uh, to seek to bring glory uh, to your name. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.